Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild, creator of Dietitian Boss. After almost four years of sitting in my dimly lit windowless clinical office, I had enough. I wanted to feel like my work mattered, so I did something about it. I created a program that empowers dietitians and nutritionists to create their own private practice from scratch following my proprietary system. Before I did this, I had a private practice of my own while working a full-time job, and I learned a lot about building relationships, marketing, and sales, and I'm so excited to be able to share my proprietary framework with you. Hello and welcome. In today's episode, I'm really excited to talk about sales and give you the ultimate guide to selling as a registered dietitian. So I'm going to share with you some tips and techniques and some common themes that I see with some of our clients. And you might know that as a registered dietitian, it can be challenging right, to sell your services and grow your business. However, there are some proven sales strategies that can help you achieve success. And they're what I teach our clients and what we follow ourselves. So I want to share some tips and techniques that you can use. I'm going to share five tips. So the first one might be obvious and you're probably already familiar with this tip. You want to build relationships. Now, what I've noticed in working with thousands of dietitians is that this can feel uncomfortable and I want to give you permission to work on your soft skills and focus on building relationships even before anything else, because that'll translate really well as you grow your business. So keep in mind that people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Building relationships with your clients and with potential clients and even people in your connection, in your community, in your network, it's crucial to developing a successful business and working on people trusting you, being an active listener, being a person of value, representing the field of dietetics. It all stems from building relationships. I want to be a little more tactical and give you some bullet points. You want to build rapport. And that means that you're taking the time to establish a connection with your potential client. Or again, if it's not your potential client yet, and you're just focusing on your relationship skills, you want to focus on connecting with people in general and get to know people and get to know what their needs are. Practice listening actively when people are speaking and demonstrate empathy and understanding. So if someone's going through a problem or an issue, you want to practice holding space with them and listening to them when they're talking about their struggles. And what that does is it teaches you how to build trust and credibility with your brand reputation. And that's essential for connecting with humans. And you can translate those skills, even if you're not using them with a potential customer, when you do have a potential customer in front of, let's say in person or on zoom, you're going to have a better chance of making a sale. If they feel heard, if you're practicing empathy, and if you are building rapport. The next step would be to be responsive. So you do want to respond pretty promptly when people are making an inquiry about working with you. And you also want to follow up with potential clients and show them that you value their business. So that means if you have people reaching out, emailing, sending DMs, you don't have to respond every second, of course, but you might want to have a process in place when you're following up on a regular basis. You want to address questions or concerns that people may have and start to look at some themes and be available to provide support throughout that process. And that's going to help people build that trust, even if they're not ready right now to purchase. The last point is you want to provide value. Now, I know I say that a lot and I want to give you tactical examples, 
So focus on providing value to potential clients by offering a solution to their problems or concerns, which means that you need to understand what their problems or concerns are in the first place. So you want to share insights or resources that could be helpful to them, even if they don't directly lead to a sale, because that's good practice in terms of being a person of value. So if you can approach conversations in context of how can I help you? What can I do to solve your problems? Or you allow a space where people are comfortable sharing what their problems are. That means that you are on the road to developing better, more meaningful connections and relationships. And you want to demonstrate that you care about people and their success. And then that'll help you build a longer term relationship, a stronger relationship that can lead to more sales in the future. And it could also lead to somebody wanting to refer to you and connect you with somebody else. So sales aren't always so direct in terms of you have somebody in front of you and you can sell them. When you make an impression, a good impression, meaning that people feel that you listen and you care and their success is important, then they might be likely to send you to somebody else. And that's how a lot of relationships are built is through referrals. At least at first, a lot of relationships start by referrals. And then you also want to think about identifying your target audience. I know you hear me say that a lot. So before you start selling your services, you need to know who you're selling them to. So when you're brand new and you're selling for the first time, the goal is to try to make any sale, but that's not sustainable because you want to have in mind a certain type of person that you're helping. Because if you can tailor what you do in your sales pitch to that certain type of person, it's going to help a lot in terms of you coming up with systems and processes and fine tuning your, your skills. And in order to help you be more clear about who your target audience is, you can do some market research, which I'm really big on, and that might help you, for example, look up demographics, psychographics, and behavior patterns. For example, I know that there's 100,000 dietitians in America. I know from stats that 30,000 of them have a job. I know that less than 6% of dietitians own a business. So those information that I know about registered dietitians, and I would ask you, what information do you know about people with diabetes type 2, people with gestational diabetes, people with kidney issues, heart issues, et cetera. So whatever your area of expertise is or who you're intending to serve, start thinking about some general um, statistics and get more clear about that target market, right? That target audience. And you can also develop ideal client, which is a fictitious character, somebody, a person that doesn't exist, but they resemble somebody that you've either already worked with or that you want to work with. And they can really help you when you're looking at writing words to attract that client. You're looking at fine tuning your pitch to sell to that person. And you're looking at developing content, whether it be for your website, email marketing, or social media. And you want that person that you're creating content for to resonate with what you have to say. Uh, so the more specific you can become, the better in terms of your ability to connect, build relationships and uh, identify who you're talking to. Otherwise you don't really resonate with people. If you are creating a very generic message that anybody could use, right? So people want to feel seen and heard. So I'm not saying that you have to start with a super fine tuned message, but you want to go towards that direction and thinking about how your message can be more clear for the type of person or the, the problem that you're solving, right? For example, diabetes and A1C, or it could be sports performance, or it could be child growth. You also want to use social media, and I'm sure that doesn't come to any surprise. And social media is a powerful tool for promoting your business and building relationships. So one of the things I think is downplayed from social media is that it's just a tool where you can connect with more people. 
And that's how I got my stars. I genuinely built relationships with dietitians around the world and talked to them about what they were doing to make money and apply their degree in a way that felt meaningful. And building those relationships, in building those relationships, I was able to support sales because people knew that I uh, was coaching and then I created a course and then, uh, you know, grew from there, but it all started where I built those relationships and genuinely found dietitians through hashtags and conversations and talked to them and had conversations saying, well, you know, what's going on? Uh, what are you up to? Are you enjoying your work? Do you feel satisfied? What opportunities have you, you know, started or created or do you want to create? And that's the same when it, when it comes to you and using social media to build relationships. And of course you can always use platforms like Instagram and Facebook to showcase your expertise and reach new audiences, which is, which is great. So you can uh, build, uh, build trust, talk about things that uh, behind the scenes, you can share tips and tricks and tactics, talk about misinformation. That that's all true. And that's all what a lot of dietitians ask me about is what exactly to post on social media. But what I wish I got asked more is how do I build meaningful relationships where people feel heard and seen when I show up on social media? Cause that's the true secret ingredient to building a strong brand where you have lasting relationships and people that want to refer you to other people, right? They want to feel heard and understood. You want to build a strong online presence. And uh, that means that you are using platforms online to showcase your products or services and build brand awareness. And if you're not sure yet on your products or services, you can start with building brand awareness. You can share engaging content that resonates with your target audience, and you can focus on using hashtags that might be specific to your population, right? Diabetes, things of that nature, or even location-based. If you are uh, trying to attract people, let's say in California, if you're not necessarily trying to attract people in California, you would think about other targeted keywords that people might be searching related to your niche. Running a private practice requires technology. If you want to scale and deliver a standardized experience, you will need to start using software with your private practice. And I want you to have more time to focus on the parts of your practice that fuel you, like helping more people and spending less time on administration work. And that's why I recommend practice better to my clients inside of our academy membership and coaching programs. Practice Better is a complete practice management software for nutrition professionals like you who want to start and scale their private practice without the burnout. Practice Better helps automate your bookings, charting, and invoicing, but it's way more than that. Creating protocols and treatment plans and tracking your client's progress is easier than ever, so your clients can be engaged in every step of their plan and you can provide a high level of care without burning out. Practice Better also integrates with your favorite software so that your client data and recommendations sync securely and seamlessly. You can import data and results easily from lab orders, fitness trackers, and even integrate Practice Better with your email marketing and your marketing funnels. And with their programs feature, which is my personal favorite, you have everything you need to build and run an automated group program or membership so that you can earn passive income. And it's pretty streamlined in one software. If you're a registered dietitian looking to manage your practice with ease, you can get started with any Practice Better plan for free for 14 days. As an exclusive offer for our listeners here at Dietitian Boss, you can get 20% off your first four months on any paid plan when you use the promo code Boss 20 at the checkout. 
It's time to say goodbye to a patchwork of software and hello to an organized, efficient practice. And then, of course, engaging with your followers. So responding to comments and messages should be part of your regular routine. I'm not saying to, to do it all throughout the day every day, but you do want to be responding and engaging with people. And then the last point would be making better content because you can't make better content until you make any content and you do content regularly. So my, my thing is having dietitians, you know, part of my framework is put content out for the first 30 days, then put content out for the second 30 days, then make sure you're consistent the last 30 days. And then you've got uh, three months of consistency and you can't build on your content strategy until you've been consistent with putting content out. So I find that dietitians often want to optimize their strategy with content, but they're not consistent in the first place. So it feels messy and uncomfortable to put content out that might not be clear, but the only way you get better is if you just start imperfectly. That can mean pictures of you. That can mean generic quotes. I've got a lot of templates in our membership that I give you once you have access, once you join our membership. And so that can help you get started, even if you're feeling stuck, but you, you really want to just focus on checking the box by being consistent before you look at your analytics and identify some patterns and trends and, and content strategy. That's a little bit more advanced. Now then the fourth point, fourth to last point, and I can't wait till I get to the last point because that's my favorite, but the fourth point when it comes to um, a guide for sales with registered dietitians would be to improve your confidence. And I know that we all struggle with this. We feel sales is pushy uh, or heart centered practitioners. So it can feel really awkward to focus on profitability which is ironic because any business that's successful, it makes money, <laughs> but it's, it's just something we have to learn. So being confident in your services and feeling comfortable, uh, feeling that you really have value to bring is important and believing in yourself and your abilities can happen. Once you practice affirmations, surround yourself by like-minded people and spend time and effort building your skills. And in doing so, I recommend communicating, learning how to communicate the benefits of your services clearly to potential clients. And to go back to that first point, if you practice that with people who might not even be ideal clients, and then once you do get ideal clients in front of you, you'll have a better chance of talking about the benefits of your services because it's something that will be common to you, something that you'll have done naturally. So it's just about practice. And my first bullet point with improving your confidence would be preparation. I think that helps so much. So the best way to boost your confidence when you're interacting with people for sales is to be prepared. And that can mean researching, as I mentioned earlier, about some general statistics about your audience or understanding the particular person's need and challenges, even rehearsing your pitch or presentation. Those are all important components for you to improve your skills. And the more prepared you are, the more confident you'll feel. I remember when I was uh, teaching and speaking um, about nutrition to healthcare practitioners, and I would absolutely practice and it made me feel more confident. And it was easier for me to go on social media and show my face because it's something I had been doing, even though I hadn't been doing it for dietitians. I had been speaking in front of people, health, allied healthcare practitioners for four years. So it was something I was comfortable with and it was easy for me to continue to talk online and to talk on video, just had to fine tune the messaging and the ideal client. 
Positive self-talk is really important. So another way to improve your confidence is to practice positive self-talk. And that involves replacing some negative thoughts with positive ones and focusing on your strengths rather than your weaknesses. So for example, instead of thinking, I'm not good at sales, which I hear from almost every dietitian, or I don't like sales, I'm not good at sales, etc. You want to reframe your thoughts. First, you want to identify what your unique thoughts are and then reframe them to, I'm a great communicator and I have a lot to offer my customers. The last bullet point would be for improving your confidence would be practice, practice, practice. So confidence comes from experience. And the more that you practice interacting with people and making sales, the more confident that you'll become. So I don't want you to be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone, try new approaches or techniques. And with time and practice, you'll develop the confidence that you need to succeed and make adjustments along the way. And it's all about practicing and getting those just getting, testing those skills, right. And getting some feedback with time. All right. The last point, the last and most important point that I want to talk about, it would be understanding people's needs. And this is truly the most important part about marketing. And it's also one of the more challenging ones because it's going to require you to practice active listening, to focus on your relationship skills and to think analytically. So you really have to combine your right brain and left brain on this one. So you want to conduct some market research, as I mentioned earlier, to identify your client's challenges and concerns, and then develop personalized solutions to address those specific needs. Now it's not as simple as a template of, oh, diabetes, lowering A1C, plate method, whatever. Like it's not that simple. There's nuance because people with diabetes, there are different subgroups within type two diabetes that you could serve. And so the more clear you are about does person, does the person that you help or that you intend to help, do they want to lose weight and lower their A1C? Do they want to lower their A1C in a way that feels intuitive? Uh, are you looking at a fat positive approach to A1C management for d diabetes? So these nuances between understanding people's needs only become reality after you have conversations with people inside of this demographic and you do so regularly. So I want to encourage you to understand people's needs by talking to them and being really open to having conversations regularly with people. I'd say if you want a number, it's two to 10 people a week or entities. If we're talking about organizations and partnerships, et cetera. So whether it's a human being, a person or a business entity, you want to find two to 10 of them a week and have conversations in doing so. The idea is first, you're getting comfortable with conversations. Secondly, of course, you're adding value. But third, and most importantly, you're learning the skills of identifying who within the two to 10 people a week are more closely related to the ideal client that you've already mapped out, right? You understand their demographics, pains, and dreams, and you want to help that person. So you want to find more people who have aligned with that ideal client profile, right? Let's say, for example, just to give some context, maybe we're talking about A1C management for diabetes without talking about calories, right? Without a restrictive approach or in some kind of weight neutral approach to diabetes management. And that is, uh, that's unique from s straight weight loss with diabetes. So thinking about that approach and finding people who resonate with that approach and learning how you can identify and solve their problems and thinking about the words that they use, that's only going to be made possible by having conversations with people regularly. So I want to encourage you to do that. And then you might be wondering, well, like, how do I tactically do that? That's where you practice that active listening, listening to what people are saying asking clarifying questions and letting people know that you care about them, right? And even if they're not going to buy from you and they're not the right fit, 
you're practicing having those conversations. And then of course, empathy. So you want to put yourself in somebody else's shoes to understand their emotions and their motivations. And, and by doing so, you can create a connection. And as dietitians, it's our job. Like our job is to create connections with people and, and have empathy for whatever situation they're in, right? Not practicing judgment and bias, but really seeing how we can be a resource for them in whatever way that they need at that time. And then finally, asking the right questions, which I think is one of the harder things to do because learning how to ask good, relevant questions comes with time and experience. So it's, it can be challenging because at first you just want to ask any questions. And then with fine tuning of your, of your soft skills, you'll learn how to ask more appropriate questions. But what I can say, pulling this straight out of the motivational interviewing handbook, you want to ask open-ended questions and encourage your potential customer to share more about their challenges and their goals. And that can help you gain a deeper understanding of their needs and preferences so that you can tailor your sales pitch and even your sales messaging appropriately. Because if you're, if you're missing the mark and you're not quite customizing your message based on what your ideal client wants and needs, that's a tweak that can make or break your ability to make consistent sales in your, in your dietitian private practice. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. As a recap in today's episode, we talked about point one, building relationships, point two, identifying your target audience, point three, using social media, point four, improving your confidence and point five, understanding people's needs. If you're looking for support to start, grow and scale your dietitian private practice, I want to invite you to work with me and my team. We have a few different options. Head over to dietitianboss.com and apply to have a conversation with somebody from our sales team to discuss your options for your budget and stage of business. Head over to dietitianboss.com and we look forward to connecting.